bigger they are, the harder they fall. Perennial powerhouses are handed sobering losses over the weekend. We discuss some of the potential underlying causes to these big time results and speculate just how far the shockwaves might go in their wake. Are we seeing the beginning of a shift? Plus a trivia question, words from Wolf Weigel, other notable scores, and a weekend preview on this. Episode number 20 of the Cross Pass Podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome back to the Cross Pass Podcast. What's going on, Bosco? Just hanging out. Ready to pod. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, today is Wednesday, September 18th, 2019. Mm-hmm. And my oh my, what a weekend we had of water polo, yeah? Yeah, pretty big. Very big indeed. Um, yeah, this was kind of everything I've been hoping for. I feel like last week I was kind of complaining about how it's, you know, not really that fun and it got really fun really fast. So, yeah, you know. it's kind of piggyback right into like what we talked about in the last podcast about everything being kind of competitive and yeah, some big things went down. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this. So, like we said, this is uh, episode number 20. Two zero. Of the Cross Pass Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2. We're in the dub club. There we are. the dub club. (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah, it's really quick on Twitter. Alyssa MB, she's a frequent listener and she'll tweet at us. Shouts out. Uh, She said, UCSB is looking real hot, but can they keep it up knowing UOP, Long Beach State, and Pepperdine are hot on their tail? Also, congrats on your podcast beating teen pregnancy. Thanks, Alyssa. Um, We'll get back to the question part here later on. Just uh, wanted to go ahead and shout that out as we announced uh, the age of our podcast here. Yes. So, yes, here we are, the Cross Pass Podcast, um, your home and source of water polo commentary and laughter, all those good things. Um, follow us on Twitter at Cross Pass Pod. We have an Instagram account now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we heard all the requests. <laughs> Same handle, Cross Pass Pod. There's absolutely nothing on there yet. <laughs> yet. We're going to get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Real quick side note on the Instagram or the Twitter, I feel like it would be, if you guys have any pictures of people playing, you're at a game, you're on the deck, your child is doing really well, we all know how much people love shouting out their own kid. We'll throw them on here. We'll give them a shout out. Please do. Slide in the DMs with them scoring a goal, making a block, something cool like that. Let us know what was the score of a team you coached, anything. That is exactly what we're here for. Yeah. We're just trying to start and drive a conversation, you know, about this sport that we love. That's it. Yep. Um, So I think we've got a pretty good episode lined up here today for you guys. Like we already mentioned, um, some crazy upsets from this past weekend. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, we're going to hear from Wolf Weigo, head coach of UC Santa Barbara, after the big win against USC. Sure, he was excited. Yep. Um, We'll talk about, you know, what all this means moving forward for all the teams involved. And, uh, yeah, just some quality water polo, some crazy finishes from across the country. But uh, first things first, as we typically do, we've got some trivia. Trivia. So, the trivia from last week, Bosco, do you remember what the question was? Something about the women's team and their biggest score differential yes. of the Worlds and Pan Ams, right? Yep. Yes, the women's senior national team's largest margin of victory, both Pan Ams and Worlds, you are correct. You said... 29 and 26? Yes, you said uh, 29 goals at Pan Ams and 26 goals at Worlds. It was the differential. Yes, yeah. the differential in, yeah. in goals. Um, the correct answer is Pan Ams... 24. Okay. Worlds, 25. All right. I mean, yeah. It's not like I was, like, overshooting it. No. <laughs> they still pretty no, you're close. right on there. I mean, granted, like, for most of the time, they had a field player in the goal for a lot of those games, too. So Yeah. We'll get around to talking about everything that happened um, during the summer. But uh, we're kind of stuck here in the college game. And just for reference, those uh, those large margin of victory games, uh, the Pan Ams one was against Cuba. Uh, they won thirty-one to seven. See, I, I see. I knew they got in the trip. Thirty-one to seven. Yeah, you were right about that. And then um, at Worlds, they beat South Africa twenty-six to one. Dub in a trip. That's all good. Yep. Shouts out to the women's team for consistently holding it down as well. Yes, sir. <laughs> um. All right, and uh, so the new trivia question for the week, listener, if you think you got the answer, uh, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at CrossPassPod. Uh, it's kind of a three-parter, Okay. Um, so you'll see. Uh, the questions are, which schools outside of the Big Four 
have won the NCAA championship. To We're clarify, about men's. the big four is Stanford, USC, UCLA, Cal. Yes. Just so everybody gets it. Okay. Um, how many times have these schools won? Like, not individually, just collectively. How many, you know, yeah. I think you understand. And in what year was the last time that okay. this happened? Okay. So I think I have one, and I could be completely, totally wrong, but I think it's Pepperdine, and I think they have at least one, and the last time was when Coker and A-Rod were on the team. Okay. Um, other than that, I'm pretty damn clueless. I want There's a part of me that wants to say an East Coast team, like a Princeton or a Harvard, but I don't know. All right. Um... Do you want to make a guess as to what year this Pepperdine squad might have won you're referring to? Okay, well, those guys are older now. They've got to be... I'm going to say... Four, fuck, I don't know. 24, like 90... I don't know, 98. Okay, 1998. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I got it written down. Okay. We'll find out next week. Okay. All right, so there's the trivia. That's a good one. Yeah. I like it. Definitely correlates to what went down this weekend and what might go down this year. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, some other housekeeping business. Um, we were talking about old faces and new places last week. Yep. Um, so we had heard that this one player, he played at Cal, I believe. Ethan Wojciechowski was his name. You said that you heard that. He had transferred to Long Beach, yes, but he's I, not on the roster. I did hear that he transferred to Long okay. Beach. Okay. Well, I heard that he did transfer to Long Beach, but he quit water polo to go into the rap game. All right. I literally don't know anything else aside from that. All right. So hey, sometimes you know what you want to do, I guess. I'm not hating on it. I'm not saying it's a great thing. I'm just putting out what I Maybe heard. Maybe he could spit us a flow across past podcast flow. <laughs> what if we got like a sick intro song from yeah. him? Hey, Ethan, if you hear this, man, if you catch wind, yeah. hit us up. We got Yeah, it's kind of like a cool name. Like he could do something with that. Please. Down. All right. So that's that last little bit. Um, let's go ahead and, you know, just dive right in to the good stuff. Um, just what a weekend, man. Pacific, UC Davis, UC Santa Barbara. All with crazy big wins. Um, Harvard had a pretty big win as well, comparatively speaking. But um, I kind of wanted to start with Pacific against Cal. Um, At the time, Pacific was ranked number six. Cal was number five. Um, Pacific beat Cal 15 to 13. Uh Now, last week when we were talking, uh, I pointed out that these were going to be two big games for Cal. Yeah. This game and their game against um, Davis, which we'll get to afterwards. But, um, yeah, so Pacific came away with the win. Uh, the Tigers were led by Jeremy Cody's four goals and hat tricks by Luke Pavillard and Luis Araya. Um, I saw Pavillard was three for 13 shooting. Shooter's so got to shoot. Boy was going to get his. Yeah. Um, 16 saves for John Barry. And then uh, for uh, Cal, Jordan Hoover had three goals. And the freshman goalie, Adrian Weinberg, had 16 saves. I mean, that's still pretty good. That's a... What's crazy is those are two that is a bunch of saves for the goalies like and there's still so many goals like on both sides. Yeah. Like people are just shooting like crazy. Okay, so I'm glad that you brought this up because like is this just a case of poor defense from both teams? I mean, what is this? 28 goals combined also. Is this just like poor defense, like crazy high powered offense? Do you happen to know the ejection count or the 6 on 5 for everybody? Not for this game. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I remember think- glancing at it and it was like, pretty normal looking. Oh, it wasn't, really? like, super crazy. Because in the Davis-Cal game was a different story. We'll mm-hmm. get to that. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like when it is kind of high scoring like that, that's definitely, like, you know, man-up man, man up advantages t- is the reason. But if it's not, then I have no idea. People are just nasty from the outside or just putting it away. Yeah, but, I mean, on top of that, like, both of these guys are close to 20 saves. Yeah. You know? So, like, props to them, obviously, for yeah. making so many. But... This sounds like both teams were getting off like some kind of shot on every single possession yeah. nearly, or at least like every other possession, which for teams of this caliber, I feel like it's kind of a lot, you know? Well, maybe it's kind of a, maybe it's like a coaching tactic thing, you know? Maybe that's kind of the way, again, you know, this is probably be, what, now two and a half years that I've been out of the coaching game, but like maybe that's just a thing now, like just shoot the damn, like just shoot the ball, like, you know? 
Put yeah. up shots, see what happens. First, force the goalie to block it. Sort of thing, you get a tip out. I mean, I feel like that's obviously been a common thing for a long time now, but maybe it's just even more of a sense of urgency. Take the shot now, early when you can, put up shots. Something will go in eventually. All right. Yeah. Um, so a little bit about the game. Neither team led by more than two goals. Um, Cal was up 8-6 to six in the second quarter. And um, then one specific went up 10-9. to nine. They, uh, they never gave up the tie after that. Mm. And... Uh, yeah, so this was the second of two upsets against Cal. So if you're Cal going into this game, like what do you have to be thinking? Because you already lost to the lesser-ish, you know, UC Davis team. So what would be like your mentality going into this against Pacific? Um, wait, what do you mean? Didn't wait? Pacific beat Dave, Cal first, right? Second. Oh, it was second. That was the second one. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think you're kind of, I think you kind of, it's kind of like anything, like you can't lose another game sort of thing. Yeah. It's nothing, I don't think they were amped about losing. I don't think anybody could be amped about losing. And I don't, you know, the whole like, oh, you can learn anything. I, uh, you know, I've always, I've said that before too, you know, learn something from this game, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. you're still pissed. Just coach speak. Yeah, exactly. It's still like, come on, man. Like we got to put this together. And especially because... Just like the rankings and all that kind of stuff, you kind of got to real. You got to understand. Do you think you're gonna win your division, or are you gonna be more of a contender for the at large? Yeah, you know exactly. See, like what I was thinking was like the pressure. You kind of have to be feeling the pressure at that point. Yeah. No, I think so. Especially if you just lost and you were supposed to be like the better team, I yeah. guess, quote unquote. Exactly. And because the other guys don't really have anything to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're just, if they win, it looks way better for them. If they lose, they were supposed to lose that game. Yeah. So I think anybody that's technically ranked higher as a top dog has that kind of target on their back sort of thing. Yeah, they definitely have a kind of negative streak going against them that they need to try to rectify, which they'll have a chance to do um, this coming Saturday against Cal Baptist. Uh-huh. But, uh, but first, let's talk about the... The first upset, uh, UC Davis 16, Cal 13 after overtime. Now, this was the crazy ending one. Um, Davis scored two goals in the final 25 seconds of the fourth quarter to force overtime. And then um, after trading a couple of goals, they rattled off three straight to close out the win in overtime. Uh, I saw USA Water Polo. They like put out a short video earlier today yeah. on Twitter showing kind of like how that broke down. And it seems like one of those crazy... Like almost like movie esque endings to the game, like where you're like the Aggies were like getting steals, like weird turnovers that were leading to like wide open goals. Where it seems like Cal just kind of blew it. Yeah. So, uh, Keenan Anderson, Nerd Gross, and Max Sample each had hat tricks for the Aggies. Uh, Jonah Addington had 13 saves. Again, a lot of saves. 17 for Weinberg. So just all kinds of offense going on. Um, now this was the one that had the crazy exclusion count. There was 23 kickouts against Cal. And 15 against Davis. Yeah, that is a tie. Granted, it did go into overtime, so that might fluctuate the numbers a tad, but still. That is a lot of kickouts. Yeah. You said 23 and 15? Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Almost 40 is. kickouts. Dude, yeah, that's like, again, that's that has to be like a kickout probably like on almost every other possession. Yeah. Curious then if like it was. You know, maybe something crazy happened earlier in the game, so refs are trying to take control of it now. Uh, kind of like you said, a little bit of a, not a heated rivalry, but this whole NorCal thing going on. And UC Davis is playing well, and they're probably, you know, really jacked up, really pumped going into this game. Like, hey, we could do this. And Cal's like, it was at Cal too, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they're like, no, this is our house sort of thing. So, mm-hmm. real physical early on, you know. So, I don't know. We'd be curious yeah. to see what happened. Thank you for streaming it, whoever did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this just goes to show once again, man, we got to get these gains like out there for people to watch, like whether live or if we can try to archive them after. But it would also make our lives a little bit easier, yeah. So that people could see what we're talking about and not just like <laughs> picturing it in their heads, yeah. You know, um, uh-huh. so we briefly touched on it last week, um, but it was kind of like an overreaction type of thing. But I want to revisit it because maybe it's not so much of an overreaction. Is this panic mode time for Cal already? The meter is full throttle right now. <laughs> the meter is high RPM. It's You're getting a speeding ticket. <laughs> it's full on, man. It's full on, in my opinion. Like, just losing games, like, left and right. I don't know. Again, I don't know 
is the whole thing everybody playing sort of thing they're just too young um i mean coach kirk's got i mean he's been around the block so he gets the he gets it um this could just be a rebuilding year and there's not i mean going into it i don't think anybody goes into any season or any competition with the mindset of hey you know what we're probably not going to be that good this year even though in the back of your mind you might think it but Especially in collegiate sports, because this isn't professional. Like you know, yeah. like you can't tank. You're not going to get some kind of high draft pick. You didn't lose out of doing like out of you know being terrible. Yeah, technically, yeah, exactly. And the only people, you, I mean, you lose seniors and I guess your quote unquote free agents are recruits and stuff or transfers. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting though. But yeah, I do think it is panic time for sure. I think you got to start thinking about. We talked about it. Uh, a while ago you know like winning these games now and things like that like they gotta like basically win out almost yeah. they gotta come up with some huge wins like some Stanford wins some UCLA wins out here and you know get vengeance on these games if they have any chance of getting that larger if they're trying to go for all in on the MPSF but yeah I mean it's yeah it's it's time to it's time to go now for sure yeah, so I agree with you. I think um, they're breaking the glass over the big red button and they're slamming it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to be panic time um, because of exactly what you said. Like, like they have to go for it now. Now, luckily for them, they have the whole rest of the season. Yeah, it's only been two weekends of games. They have the whole rest of the year to improve. And you had mentioned it just now. Like, was this a case of everybody playing them, figuring themselves out? Like, I think it's both. Like, they're just really young, and everybody has to play, and, like, that's just the nature of their beast for this season. Yeah. And I just think it's their reality. Now, luckily, they do have a coach like Kirk Everest, who, this is his, like, 18th year or something like that, Mm -hmm. at the helm of the Golden Bears, so... Button-up swag. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, so, I mean, him and Jeff Terrell are obviously gonna, like, you know, sit down and try to figure some stuff out, um... Which, like I said, they open with California Baptist at uh, the Aggie Roundup. They have four very winnable games, including they already have a matchup again with UC Davis on Sunday. Nice. So this time at the Aggies pool, uh, we'll see if they can exact some revenge. See, I think a good thing about um, them also being in the NPSF is that they have an opportunity to play these teams more. Like, it, I don't know, it's totally different. I don't know. I just think because that they are in the MPSF, they have such a better opportunity to beat a, such a high team to help them get an at-large. Yeah. As opposed to all these other teams that aren't in the MPSF, they're either, I mean, they're just fighting for their conference to get into the big show. Yeah. So Cal's kind of like living on both sides of the fence. Like, hey, we could win it all, like, and win our yeah. conference, or you know what? We can take down, get some major wins, and beat, a, beat, the, beat up on these guys again, and we're back yeah. in it. Like they have two doors basically to yeah, walk exactly. through. Yeah, exactly. Two door coop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting out like Jack in the box, baby. Let's go. All right. Um, and then just last thing that popped in my head. Last week, I know that we talked, to, we've made all of our picks. We both picked UC San Diego for WWPA. Does this change your mind at all about it? No. No? Mm-mm. So going Tritons? Mm-hmm. All right, me too. We'll yeah. see We'll see what the Aggies have I to say to about guns. that. I all stick right. to my guns. All right. And, um,. So last, but definitely not least. No, the big one. The number four UC Santa Barbara Gauchos taking down the number one team in the land, USC. 13 to 9. It was at the beautiful Las Flores Park. <laughs> That's right. The people's pool, man, with the yeah. beautiful backdrop in the <laughs> yes. back in Laverne. Yes. I mean, what a. I couldn't think of a better place for such a huge upset to go to. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, man, SV just putting the ouch and gaucho on these big four squads, Question man. for you. Okay. How badly were you waiting to say that? Super bad. I feel <laughs> like when that game was going down, your journalism blood was just ticking. You're like, I got the perfect line. Like, you've been amping to say that. True okay. or false? <laughs> um, like, it's true, <laughs> but also, I never in a million years would I write that. <laughs> You're such a liar. I said it because... Dude, I feel like my editor like, Daniel, what the hell is this, man? You think we're really going to print this? Like, no. It's all good. Put the Elche Gilcho. All right. <laughs> well, anyways, um, yeah, this this has to be, like, one of the largest upsets in recent memory. Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And the best part is that, for my opinion, like, it wasn't even a fluke, uh-huh. you know? Um, so, yeah, this was the Gaucho's first win against SC since 1990. That's 55 straight games. Damn. 
that the Trojans had beaten UC Santa Barbara. And now UCSB is 9-0 and to start the season, which is tied for their best start in program history. Um, just a few stats from the game. Uh, Santa Barbara was led by Cole Brazen, a lefty with five goals and two each from Mason McQuitt and Sam Nangle. Sam Nangle is a lefty two-meter player. And ten saves from Danny Rowland. Danny Rowland. Now, this brings up an important, an important point for me. Mm-hmm. You can't trust the Fosh. Yes. All right? College kids run the Fosh. Yeah. And they don't know exactly what's going on. Oh, and I only say this because the Fosh said that um, the other goalie, Tiago, played, didn't, didn't play a single second. So, you know, just wanted to point that out. Um, and then for SC, uh, they were led by a hat trick from Jake Earhart. Um, Hannes Dobe was only one for eight in the game, mm-hmm. according to the inaccurate Fosh. Um, he only scored a penalty shot. And also of note, uh, Nick Porter, the starting goalie, was pulled after the first quarter. Damn. Um, yeah, just giving up, like, dude, shots... Like, from the perimeter, like, pretty much everything had a chance to go in if it didn't hit the post. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, of note, no Marko Vavic or Stefan Vavic yeah, because no. they're still ineligible. Uh-huh. Because, because of, the, of the investigation, right? Yeah, because of, like, where the money went. Like, yeah. did it help pay for their high school tuition, which I guess would make them ineligible. Yeah. So those are obviously a couple of huge holes, at least Marco. Well, no, I, I mean, the younger brother's still really good, too. But I think that's a whole other episode that you can get into about all the USC stuff. But I think everything that you said before about Porter getting pulled and Dobay shot, I kind of wonder if like, like coaching wise, like that's a, that's a huge move to make. And then to lose is not good. Yeah. You know, and especially for being a, again, he's not a new coach cause he's been there for so long, but it's still mm-hmm. his first time leading them and being in charge. Yeah. And like, how do you kind of rally around that? You know what I mean? Like you, you know, he, this guy Porter just, you know, was your starting goalie last year in the championship and won it all, and then you pull him, and then you kind of you just got to rally around this guy. I don't know. I just I feel like to me it's like a lot of, a lot of stuff going on all at once, and it, it's kind of hard for a bunch of kid, like for people to like rally on so early in the year too. Yeah. And then you're you're just getting beat down, and it's like okay, like. I think it's just different. I think this is a very... I think this is a bigger deal than just being an upset. Like, I think it's a bigger deal than them just losing to Santa Barbara. I think it's a a bigger deal that I could carry waves throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, like, it says more about, like, the like the state of the program overall. Exactly. Rather I think, than just a one-off game. I think exactly, 100%. Like, in my opinion, everybody knows I'm a big SC fan, but... You see something like that go down, and you see it in pro sports all the time. Like people just can't get the energy, and it's a rally behind and keep pushing forward. Yeah. And I think something like this, when there's already been so much drama from the past, however many months, you know, yeah. about what went down with that with Yovan, I think it's just a lot to take. And I think you have such high expectations for these kids in this program to be like, you know what? No, they're gonna rally. They're gonna ball. They're gonna do this, and it's kind of like okay, maybe not. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this is a bigger deal than a lot of people think. I mean, at, these kids are young, man. Like, yeah. we keep calling them kids. We're both only 26. But yeah. there's still – some of these kids are 18. Some of them might even be 17 still. Yeah. Um. So it's hard. I think it's really hard. I think th- I think this is going to have a way bigger effect than, uh, than just being a loss to Santa Barbara. You know, I think this could lead to some other stuff. This reminds me of a conversation that – you and I had a couple weeks ago, like when we were talking about the NFL. So if there's an, you said if there's an offensive coordinator who runs the offense and a defensive coordinator who runs the defense, then what the hell does the head coach do? Yeah, I, I think I this is like a perfect example. Like the head coach is a motivator. Like they're a person who like gets the whole train to like run in the same direction. Yeah, you know, and it says a lot about like who that. Like, I think head coaching has a lot more to do with, like, personality mm-hmm. than it does with, like, knowing the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's getting your kids to buy into you and to support you. can, like, bring out the best in somebody if you're a good coach. Like, if you can really push somebody and get them to believe and, like, believe in themselves, too, and then believe what you're preaching, I think that you could have maybe not the most talented team, but you're, you're damn sure going to have probably one of the hardest working teams and they're going to go out and give you all you got. Yeah. And then another side note, like about the Vavich brothers not playing, I do think that is a big deal though, especially Marco. Like yeah. that's huge 
four. I mean, he is a four goal player, and he plays good defense and stuff. And that's nothing to put Santa Barbara down or anything. However, I do completely think that if he's in the game, it's and it's also the guys. Like I said, like this whole long term effect kind of thing. Like they don't have who they know is probably him and Hunnis, you know, like one yeah. and two best players on the team. I see what you're saying. Like, that's that's a thing in the back of my – like, I've had that before, you know, when you're going into a game, even as a coach, like, your best player is, like, hurt or something like that, you know, and you're like, yeah. all right, you know, we can do this. But in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, my God, I wish – Yeah. I kind of wish they were in the water right now. It would make things a lot easier. Yeah. I completely agree. Like, this is obviously not at all like a like – a, like an apples to apples – um, comparison here, but it's like, I'm a big soccer fan, and it's like, when Barcelona plays with and without Messi, like, when Messi's on the <laughs> field, like, everybody kind of, like, feels more confident, you know, yeah. like, every, like, everything's working way better, so it's, you know, like, when you look to your left or your right, and you see that person there with you in the pool, like, it just kind of inspires more out of you, and for sure, like, he doesn't even have to, like, score a single goal, but, like, just, like, the presence makes yeah. a big difference, definitely, so... And again, I guess similar to Cal, I mean, they have a whole bunch of time here to rebound. So, Oh, yeah. Um, just a little bit more about the game. Santa Barbara, in my opinion, um, they just look super confident, man. Like, they came into the game super fired up. Um, you know, they played good defense. They were kicked out on the first three possessions in a row. Uh, only gave up one goal out of that. Um, wow. Yeah, they had the, the first six kickouts of the game plus a penalty shot were against them before they earned their first, which was, like, just before halftime. So, you know, they kind of they were able to weather that storm. Um, and you'll hear about it in the interview with, with Wolf here in a second, but, you know, there's just a big difference between, especially for a program who's, you know, like widely viewed as the lesser program going down three to one, then up three to one, you know, like those first initial minutes I think are huge. Uh And, um, but yeah, man, like, just like I said, shooting wise, they were just, they stepped up, you know, like they were confident, um, like six on five, like everything, like it was solid goals. It just did not seem very fluky to me. And they led from start to finish. Yeah, that's... You know, they never conceded a tie at all. Yeah, that's a win. Like, whenever, like, USC, like, went on a little bit of a run, you know, they were able to stymie it. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations to the Gauchos. Now tied for second in the nation. Yeah, which we'll talk about after this. Yes. But first, let's hear from Mr. Wolf Ligo, head coach of the Gauchos. First off, Coach, congratulations on a huge win for your program. How does it feel? Thanks. It feels great. You know, we've lost to these guys a couple times by one goal. We've been really close. Like, we've been up at the end of the game and let it slip away. And then we've also had games where they've, they've completely blown us out. So, um, the last time we played them last year, the score was 16-2. to two. We watched all that video. The guys got fired up. I think everyone on the whole staff and team had a feeling we were going to give them a game. And we even played better than I thought we would. All right. So, that's a back-to-back wins against big four teams. Uh, you guys just must be riding high on confidence right now. Yeah, the team's just in a zone right now. They're playing great defense. They're playing controlled on offense. Oh, yeah. We've got all the positions covered. Um, even if we had one guy get in foul trouble, a key player right in the beginning of the game, we put his, his um, you know replacement in, and the guy played amazing, and we just kept rolling. All right, um, so overall as a team, uh, so two years ago you guys got fifth place in the Golden Coast Conference. Last year, obviously, you guys didn't get to play in the tournament. Um, So this year it seems like now is going to be like the natural next step, right? Um, You know, the Gold Coast is very, very difficult this year. There's there's four, in my opinion, very strong teams, and then two other teams that um, are dangerous. So... um, I'd love to say we could just roll through the Gold Coast, but just even by, by winning these games, that doesn't mean that's going to happen. So we just got to stay focused, do what we need to do every day, and hopefully a good results at the end. All right, so obviously still early on in the season, only the second weekend. Yeah. Um, but also considering that with these two huge wins against these teams, um, how do you like want to approach the rest of the season moving forward? Are you going to try to continue to like, temper expectations one day at a time kind of thing, or where do you think you're going to go? Well, I mean, at, in our goals, our highest expectation, we always want to win in C2As, sure. and that starts with winning the conference. So that doesn't change. It just, I think, feels a little more realistic for these guys now. Maybe they said it, said it, and wrote it down on a piece of paper. But maybe in the back of their mind, there were some doubts. I think there leaves no doubt now of what can happen this year. What do you think is? What do you think is behind this, this fast start? What's so special about this team? You think this team is is um, the, the secret with this team is we we have every position three deep. We don't need anyone. No team can scout one or two players. Okay. If if they shut down one or two players, the other guys are going to score. So it's it's basically impossible to scout us. You know, from that from that respect, there's no nothing to take away. We're not running certain plays that are getting us goals. We're just playing great fundamental water polo. It starts with great defense, and it's hard to it's hard to stop that. Right. 
Right, and in this game in particular, um, what do you think led to the fast start for you guys? And then you, I mean, you guys led throughout, so. We, we were just pumped up, and we knew we could play with them. And I think just getting that early lead gave us that confidence to, to, to actually play calm, but with intensity, instead of being a little panicked and worrying. Like if, the, if a couple bad bounces and we're down 3-0 or 3-1, then, then maybe the guys lose confidence. But they just the confidence broke throughout the game. Okay. And um, finally, so since moving from the MPSF to the GCC, um, this is the fourth year of the GCC yeah. on the men's side. Um, how has that changed your approach to these kinds of games? You know, because you're not playing the SCs and UCLA's all the time like you were. Um, well, we still we still schedule them every year, so we don't have yeah. it's not mandatory, but we're still scheduling them. So we're getting those games in. It's just not a quote unquote conference game. So I think it takes the pressure off a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then um, finally, um, how has being in the GCC maybe helped or hurt in terms of like recruiting and building and maintaining? It, it program? definitely helps because it gives us that path to the NC2As if we get the, if we can win the conference. So, right. so That's it's, what I it's a fun competitive conference and a realistic goal every year to go to NC2As. Uh, right, thank you for your time. Thanks coach. a lot. All right, so thank you, Coach Wygo. Yeah, solid. Uh, that was a funny, not funny interview, but uh, you could tell he's like riding high. You know, I mean, obviously, yeah. well deserved, huge win. But he sounds really, really amped on this team. Mm-hmm. Like he sounds really excited about this team. Like the way he was talking about, you can't scout us. You know, like yeah. obviously, he wasn't being like cocky or anything, but it just came off like really like. He's like I said, just super excited about this team, like three deep at every position. Like that's that's pretty good, and uh, yeah, he just sounds ready to go. I think that him and his players are, you know, that's that's a huge confidence booster for sure. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the whole um, like three deep at each position obviously um, is a big deal. Which uh, yeah, I remember last week I said that you know like not a lot of these players' names jumped off. The page of me like when you look at the roster yeah i think it's just like a testament to that you know like mm-hmm. a, apparently these guys you know they just like keep their head down and work hard and um this is just you know like just a really good team that they have and they all believe in each other and it's all coming together for them really quick yeah um what did you think about what he had to say about the gcc uh it's it's kind of like a i don't know i he doesn't want to say like he said like i don't i wish i could say i could roll through yeah. everybody and stuff and I think he is right too because what a f- like a funny thing here is he could have they could have these two big wins and then go and lose to all those teams again he could lose to every big four team and then he could go and lose the GCC and then they're not in yeah you know so it's it's kind of funny when you think about it that way like these wins are absolutely huge however you have to be able to maintain this kind of thing. Is it peaking too high? I think we had that on last year, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, are you peaking too early kind of thing? I think we, I said this exact quote last year. Like, do you want to be playing your best water polo in the beginning of the year or at the end of the year? You know? And I I mean, obviously you want to play all year your best water polo, but would you rather have that win in week two, week three, or would you have that when you're a week away from, you know, NCAAs or something like that? So... It's kind of funny, you know? Yeah, it is uh, it is pretty funny how, like, just how these games, like, these two wins for them, you know, obviously including the their win against Cal, like, mean everything to this team, but at the same time mean absolutely nothing. It could mean we could be doing our final show for NCAA Meds and we're not even talking about Santa Barbara anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. They have to, I mean, props to them, obviously, two huge wins, but you got to keep it up. Got to keep going. Yeah. So, I mean, they have the target on their back now for the GCC, right? I think, yeah, absolutely. Like, how do you not, you know? you And the other, yeah, and I don't know if, like, other teams, like, oh, man, like, are they pretty good? And also the other teams, like, do you kind of think, like, oh, man, maybe we could get SC or maybe we could get one of these big four teams and take yeah. them down, you know? We're not we're not four goals worse than Santa Barbara, you know? We, you know, we just played them, you know, we got it kind of thing. Like, they're in our conference. Because that's how I kind of always think about things, like, if somebody is in your, I mean, you kind of know where you stack up against teams in your division because you play them the most, you see them the most, you scout them the most because that's the team. Those are the teams you need to beat. Yeah. As opposed to the outside, you know, divisions or conferences. So if you see one somebody in your, you know, league or conference beating somebody, obviously you know how good you are relative to that team. But you're like, okay, yeah. you know, maybe we can do this. Yeah. So yeah, back to to Alyssa's tweet about you know knowing that Pacific, Long Beach, and Pepperdine are hard on their tail. I think it kind of like leads into the natural transition. Like we can be excited about this level of parity now, right? 
Yeah, I know that I am. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, yeah, I mean, maybe... is. Do you think that the gap is narrowing? Or is this just going to be, like, a one-time thing? All this shake-up and it's going to go back to normal within weeks no. to a year? I think, I think, it, I think it is... I think, honestly, and it's going to go back, and it's. I think it's a topic that everybody's going to talk about for a long time, but I think the USC thing was so much bigger than just SC. I think, really, now, people aren't going to just go there automatically. Like, jump to big four Nobody's going to... Okay, and because Cal losing, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to instantly... I think people are just always going to want to go to the best of the best, no matter what. And then this thing with having with SE, I also think a lot of parents aren't going to want to send their kids there. Yeah. You know, why, why, you know, get involved in all that? You know, why do I want to send my kid there sort of thing? And if you're a player, you see, you know, Cal is still a great school. Getting an education from there is huge. But if you see them and you're a water polo player, you're competitive and currently they're eighth in the standings, you know, and or in the rankings and they might be even moving down again. Like, are you going to go to that school? Are you going to go to a Santa Barbara right now who's, you know, tied for second? Are you going to go to a Pep who's above Cal? So I think it, I think it is going to happen. And like, I, I just think it is, I think it's time for change. And I think it's happening, which is great. Yeah. Absolutely great. I 100% agree with you. Uh, as much as I like to be a contrarian, I have to agree on this. Like, yeah, I think maybe this whole Yovan thing was like the first domino to mm-hmm. fall. And then on top of that now, like, they're struggling. Cal's kind of struggling. And then I think on top of that, which was something um, that Wolf pointed out, like, I think the GCC has been probably, like, one of the best things to happen to college water polo. And we're not really realizing it until now. Because it provides that opportunity for kids who maybe don't see themselves as, you know, big four, quote-unquote, caliber players. Or, you know, they're not recruited by them. They have a, an equal chance to go to the big show, yeah, to the big dance at the end of the year, yeah. which is ultimately what everybody wants because once you're in, man, who knows what happens, yeah. you know? So I think that all these things are kind of piling up now, and I think that the snowball might just continue to get bigger, and I'm all here for it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think the GCC is huge because, yeah, you get that automatic bid. And you, like you said, once you get in, you never know what will happen because that could have been a championship game right there. Yeah, who you knows? Know? That could have been, I mean, down the line here, we could be talking about a rematch of the Trojans and the Gauchos yeah. in the ship, which would be cool. All right, last thing I wanted to close this out with, um, there's a there's a guy named Michael Randazzo. He writes for Swimming World. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote about this, and um, I feel like he made a statement that I just don't necessarily agree with. Uh, he said that there's clearly a new world order, in Jovan's absence. Meaning? Do you agree with that? Like, that because Jovan is gone, like, as a coach, that now, like, everything, like, that everything is just, like, kind of, like, gone to crap. You oh, know? no, like, I agree. I agree with him 100%. Absolutely. Okay. I think it was what I was saying earlier about how him leaving has caused, yeah, like you said, like, almost, like, a new world order, like... The domino, like you said, the domino fell, and now all this is happening. If Jovan is there, you get that. I don't know if they, I don't. We have no idea if they missed out on any recruits. Like I have no idea. Okay. Only the recruits know. Um, but you don't have like just that game alone, right? You don't mm-hmm. have both the Vovich brothers sitting because this whole investigation doesn't happen, and those okay. are two really good players. And just coaching in general, and it's just him. Like he carries so much clout. Like he is, he was literally voted the goat of NCAA. Like he was voted literally the goat. Yeah. And so with him, without him there, yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent. It's like when Pop retires, it's gonna be he, the Spurs are already going down. But once he's out of the NBA, it's gonna be a whole different thing. Okay. See now, like I disagree. Belichick when Belichick retires. <laughs> That's going to be huge for the NFL. Like, it's going to be complete. The Patriots will be non... They won't be the Patriots. Okay, well, I disagree because... Like, just because the like the other good teams still exist, you know? Like, Stanford and UCLA are still there. Like, I just... Like, I don't think that it's as, like, catastrophic as, as like, it's being made out to be right now. Maybe I'm proven wrong, like, down the line, but I don't think that it's, like... That this one thing has like just completely like turned the snow globe over and everything is like just gone to crap, like I said. Like I don't think it's gotten to that point yet. And I just have a hard time believing 
that that I don't know that like they still have all the talent in the world, you know? Like they're they're just it can't be that this one thing just ultimately leads to like their program just dying this quickly, yeah. you know? And like you like I said UCLA and Stanford are still there, so I'm just not convinced that it's like gone down like that yet. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of agree with him. So, yeah. I mean, only time will tell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but hey, listener, go ahead and weigh in with us. Tweet yeah. us at CrossFastPod. Let us know what you think. Do you agree with us and what we're saying? Um, you know, what do you think about this whole deal with Santa Barbara? And I did put up a poll on Twitter here, like, I don't know, like an hour or so ago. Um, UCSB's record, right? They're 2-0 and against the Big Four this year. They have one more scheduled game against each of the Big Four. Plus, you know, they're more than likely going to get two of them at the NPSF invite in two weekends. So, how do you think they're going to do? What's their win? Ro- what is their win loss record going to be? Zero, less than five hundred, five hundred, better than five hundred. Yeah. Go vote. Let us know. You have until Friday at four p.m. to vote because uh, that's when they play at Stanford. Yeah. But in the meantime, they play tomorrow against Pepperdine, a GCC opponent. Big game. So, and Big then game. SC also hosts Long Beach. Nice. So we'll Re- see what happens. Real quick. So after this weekend, the rankings came out today. Uh, Stanford's won, UCLA and Santa Barbara are tied for second, UOP is four, SC five, Pepperdine six, Davis seven, Cal eight, Long Beach nine, Irvine ten, and just for the hell of it, UCSD eleven. What I think is interesting about that though is everybody moved. Yeah. Except for UCLA, who stayed at two. Yeah. But literally everybody in the top ten, I mean, you're throwing in San Diego in there because of the tie for second, but everybody moved either up or down. And I think it's kind of what we talked about, about things kind of changing and moving. And there's people moving from the top three, top four to the bottom and people that were, you know, out moving up. So that's good. Yeah. No, I uh, I totally dig it. And Pepperdine, number six. Um Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like this is their highest ranking since they were number two in 2008, mm. when like that was like their closest chance to winning the national championship. They <laughs> lost three to two, I remember, against USC in the NPSF title game at Pepperdine. I think you might have just crapped on my trivia answer earlier. So <laughs> I said that they were number two in 2008. What are you talking about? <laughs> Whatever. All right. Yeah, you'll find out next week. Um. So yeah, that's it for. For those big uh, upsets at the Princeton invite, um, <coughs> there were some other big games. Uh, Princeton losing in overtime to UC San Diego. Um, they lost 11-8 to Bucknell. So Bucknell out here doing it for what you. What did I say, bro? The Bison. Bison. But then on top of that, Princeton lost 13-12 to to George Washington. G-Dub. So there's just even more stuff going on on the East Coast, too, and I love it. Uh, then, however, Bucknell lost 14-7 to to UCSD. Uh, the Bison, the Bison, mm-hmm. uh, beat Brown 11-6. Um, and right now, Bucknell has a player named Rade. Yokosimovic. <laughs> Can you help me out with the last name? Yeah. Uh, 31 goals already on the year. <coughs> uh, that's a gang for two weeks. <laughs> a lot of Gs. And, uh, yeah, George Washington also beat Brown 10-7. But then George Washington lost to St. Francis 10-6. That was their first loss of the year for the, the Presidents, right? Mm-hmm. Or the Colonials, what colonials, are they called? Colonials, yeah. Presidents. Um, and then Brown beat Navy 15-11 and Wagner 10-7. So, uh, got some good parity out east also. The uh, the NWPC looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but also, there's these exhibition games going on. Pro Reco, right? The top uh, professional Italian team. Hey, that's super rad, that too, that they did that. <sighs> I wonder how much money they got. <laughs> yeah. I, is this the first... Have they done this before? I don't think so. That's Not super that cool. Mm-hmm. Um really cool i think it's cool that they're playing these college teams like yeah. i don't know I, I think that's really cool i think it's yeah it works out for everybody you know everybody's scratching each other's back because pro record you know like the the professional leagues are going to get going here in like october so they're kind of like in their preseason um they did some clinics for kids while they were out there yeah the college teams obviously are getting like it kind of reminded me of like when we played against like UCLA stuff at the beginning of the year. You know, yeah. like they finally got a dose of their own medicine for once. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like they get exposed to top quality competition. Maybe some of these guys are good enough that, you know, Pro Reco might remember who they are. Mm-hmm. Who knows? 
Um, but yeah, no wins for the NCAA teams. I think that goes as expected. Um, but if you're on one of these college teams, what kind of stuff are you trying to take away from an experience like that? Um, I would probably say just, I don't know, kind of just learning. I think that you could still always learn. These guys are literally the best of the best. Yeah. Like they're the best world players playing on one world team. So whatever little thing they do, I mean, kind of take advantage and try and learn. And I probably, I don't know how physical it got. I mean, I don't think it probably was that <sighs> Too nasty. bad we never got yeah, to watch the games. Exactly. But I mean, I think physicality would be another thing too. Kind of like the different things that they do. You know, just kind of learning from that, especially if you're one of these like young freshmen or something coming in, yeah. And you're playing a lot, and you're playing against Filipovich or something, like, dude, yeah. that's awesome. That's so cool. I wonder how it was refereed. You know, like, I like no was clue. it refereed? Because I feel like it's probably two different levels of physicality between what these Reco guys are used to versus what they kind of like let go at the NCAA <laughs> level. It's, uh, dude, it's you know? so it's so crazy, like going on those Euro trips and stuff, and. The refing, yeah, like and just what they let go, what they don't let go is it's crazy how different we ref and stuff and when yeah. and when these Euros come out here and they play on these NCAA on these college teams, like how freaked out they get like at refs. Like I they, get kicked out for this. Yeah, they get so mad and you know, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Um I saw on Instagram, dude, the record guys went to Vegas afterwards, just went went and partied it up after. When was that? I think well, their their last games were on Sunday, so they must have left like late on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. That's yeah. nice taking advantage of the good old U.S. <laughs> I would be pissed if I didn't go to Vegas. Yeah. Came all this way. Hit up a pool party. Yeah, there you go. Because you know we we'll get some six on five at Dre's Day Club. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm here at the Mandalay Day Play Club, and uh, we got Pro Reco just uh, working just a bunch the two drunk ass Italian yeah, guys playing some pool. DJ music too. They're probably amped, man. They. <laughs> Yo, this is my song, bro. <laughs> just getting so hyped. And a cabana with bottle service. Yeah. And it's just waterfall. Yeah, just, and like, they were speedo rocking 100%. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's and people probably weren't hating on it, too, because they're just jacked and huge. Like, some little guy, little shrimp guy, at, you know, little marquee, like, nah, I don't know. I don't Not think I'm going to step to that, that guy. Yeah, what a life, huh? Yeah. Um, also, Olympic Club played a couple games. Uh, UCLA beat them 13-11. But... The one, the only, the skinny baller, dude. Paul Reynolds dropping seven Gs. The tarantula. On, <laughs> on his former squad, the Bruins. But your guy, Ryan Sawyer, had six goals of his own. I told you. So. He's one to look out for. Yeah. And then uh, Oak Club beat Stanford. Uh, one thing I noticed from Stanford's games, uh, looks like the guy George Hagstead, Hagstead is uh, like the main goalie for Stanford. I said Andrew Chen last week, but it looks like this George guy's got it between the oh, pipes. Oh, real quick, speaking of last week, I okay. would like to apologize for me addressing John Vargas as John Tanner like multiple times. <laughs> like an idiot. Apologize for that. Also would like to bring up the fact that Brett Lathrop is an assistant at UCLA. He is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I said, I was like, I thought he left to go somewhere. Yeah, he's at UCLA. I believe it's Lathrop. Lathrop? I, we're, I don't know. We're just going to talk about correcting names. Well, whatever, man. I, I know. Whatever. I see you, bro. I see you. Moving on. Uh, just a couple of other scores from the weekend at the GCC WWPA Conference Challenge Cup. Uh, Pepperdine beat LMU 15-11. Irvine beat LMU 12-11. It was 12-8 going into the fourth. Okay. So, late rally there from LMU. Uh, UC Irvine beat Cal Baptist 16-11. to Win number 200 from Mark Hunt at nice. UCI at the Zot Nation. Shouts out. Uh, also, nine goals for the junior Jason Evazard, the South African for the Anteaters. A school record. A school record. Nine goals. Do you think anybody will get to 10? 10, 10 in a game this year? In this year? Yeah. I mean, no. I don't know. I'll probably say no, but I think somebody will get to 10 eventually. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um. Yeah, freshman Harrison Land for the Eaters had a shout out. I.E. Rev, let's go. There you go. Um. Yeah, and then Pepperdine beat Long Beach ten to eight. So that was a pretty close game. Mm-hmm. And then Pepperdine barely beat Redlands like twelve to ten later on in the in the in the day. I think the Skyx kind of. I mean, some of the Sky, some of the Skyx teams always kind of hold it down. Yeah. You know, they're not. Some of them aren't an easy rollover. Yeah. I, well, well, yeah, like Pomona had that close game with Pepperdine the first yeah, weekend. Ka- so uh, Pomona beat Irvine last year. Yeah, and, you know they're 
There's some that you can't just walk yeah. over. Let's Pomona, go Skyhack. Pomona plays uh, UCLA the first day. The first day of upset. I'm not feeling it. We'll okay. look towards games two and three, maybe, but <laughs> not game one. To make sure. Nope. Nope. Uh, so weekend preview: Pepperdine plays like we said against UC Santa Barbara on Thursday. They play UCLA on Saturday, and then there's the Aggie uh, shootout, like we mentioned. Uh, UC Davis also plays Stanford, so uh, so I think that'll be a good one. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Oh, what do you say um, you see Santa Barbara's record against the Big Four the rest of the season? Zero. Zero wins? Zero wins. Goose egg? Goose egg. There's no way they beat any of the Big Four again. All right. Yeah. Zero. Go check that poll. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to say that they're going to go 500. Okay. Three and three. Okay. Um, yeah, also next week, uh, Whittier plays at Pomona next Wednesday. That's big. It's going to be at 7 p.m. Uh, I plan on going to that. Where at? It's at Pomona. Uh-huh. So, uh, so yeah. Probably not going to be recording until pretty late, I'm assuming, because of that. And, uh, yeah, some of these games that we mentioned, you guys, the games will probably already have been played by the time you hear <laughs> this, but that's okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. Like we said earlier, go ahead and tweet us at CrosspassPod with any kind of thoughts that you have about everything that we talked about here today. Um, Vote on that poll, all that good stuff. Go out to some games, send us some pictures. Yeah, we want to all the, like, high school is in it. We haven't talked about high school yet. but We're going to. But high school is in it to win it right now. League is starting up. Got some big tournaments. I think that San Diego tournament is going on. Um, I think yeah. next week is our week for high school yeah. and national team stuff. Because yeah. although there are some like some good, well, I'm games saying is again, let's get some shout outs. Let's get some of these people yeah. on the pod. Show us some love out here. Any coaches, players that are balling out. There's a lot of teams that do well that just don't get any love that are outside. You know that D1, D2. That there's still. Like I said, I got a soft spot for all the those lower divisions. There's Agreed. a lot of good talent, man. And we do like a fair amount of research for these podcasts, but I mean, it's just kind of like we're not going to know unless you tell us, you know? So you guys got to let us know about this stuff, and then we can put it out there, you know? It's hard to get all that information. So, once again, thanks again. This was the Cross Pass Podcast. Peace. Signing off. Peace. <laughs>